That's hundred. what's going on man we are back man it's been it's been a couple weeks man a lot of things been happening a lot of things been going on but it's definitely first and foremost excited to really you know be back here in the building you know monday night take here with tr um you know super super duper excited for tonight's episode tonight's show um the fed reserve has a big dance we got a lot of market updates uh, whether it's layoffs bank industry you know i feel like man i i took the weeks off you know, kind of at the at the wrong time. It's just been crazy. You know, some of the things that we kind of seen unfolding, you know, here, uh, not just in the markets, but just I just even think across the world, it's just been a lot of crazy stuff that's been happening. So we want to discuss those things, break that down. Um, you guys want to go ahead and have, you know, your pens, your your notes, everything you want to have everything out tonight, because uh, it's a it's a big day. I'm going to be honest with you, a big day on Wednesday, you know, a lot of different people thinking a, a lot of different things on, on what the Federal Reserve is going to do. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's definitely definitely a lot to unpack. So we're going to take it from the top here. Um, and, yo, you know, I want to pretty much get into things. You know, one of the hot topics today is, you know, there were some people that were sent home, you know, from their jobs. You know, what does that look like for people here right now, TR, in the job market, right? Yeah. Market, like, reserve, what, what, what's it looking like job market-wise right now? Like right now, it's, it's pretty tough. It's, I think that a lot of people are really in limbo right now, okay? So, and to give you guys a, like really, I guess, some context of what's happening. So as of today, like even like Meta laid off 9,000 people. So right now we're at 115,000 um, like, um, in terms of like people that were laid off, okay? Last year we were at 140,000. So right now we're already at 82%. Okay. That's a lot. Okay. 115,000 people since January 1st. It's, 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 it's crazy right now. So in terms of like what's going on with this Silicon Valley bank fiasco, <clears throat> in terms of employees, like if they're not getting paid, that means that they're missing out on their benefits, those 401k contributions, of course, their wages. Even tuition reimbursement, everything. I, and honestly, Lawrence, it's like a triple effect right now. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that what's going on is, I mean, I, we know that that wasn't like none of like the owners' intentions, right, for the Silicon Valley Bank to have this disaster. But this breaches also a few employee labor act laws too. Okay. In terms of like them not getting paid, and there's nothing in writing that that talks about them not having access to payroll. So employees can technically sue for real, for real, mm -hmm. in terms of like assets that they've lost. So. Right now we're in murky water in terms of employees, unfortunately. So yeah, nah, definitely. Yeah. So um, nah, I mean that's that's just tough right there. So that pretty much opens up the can right there. Yeah. Um, you know, now with some of the things that have happened over the past couple of weeks, you know, we went from people expecting an interest rate hike to now the Federal Reserve uh, fund rate futures, right, are now actually pricing in that there might be no rate hike on Wednesday. So I want to really discuss that um, and my thoughts on, you know, what could potentially happen heading into Wednesday. We're less than pretty much 48 hours until our next Federal Reserve interest rate decision, which is huge because you're talking about interest rates tapping, you know, potentially 5% for the first time in 
over 15 years, right? So that's that's a long period of time without interest rates being anywhere near 5%. So, you know, there's a lot that's transpired that's kind of making the Federal Reserve say, hey, we might double back on some of the things that we've been thinking about. And, you know, we might go ahead and just kind of like, you know, chill out for right now. And, you know, I think I think there's a point where the Fed, right, is looking to potentially bail out. Right. So some people are expecting the Fed to come in and save. And that's why I think the market could be getting a little bit ahead of itself, which could be dangerous, because let's say everyone starts to think that the Fed is going to pause, not going to do any rate rate uh, hikes here or maybe even for the rest of the year because of certain things that have transpired. But then the Federal Reserve still goes ahead, hikes interest rates this time and another time. I think the market will be truly disappointed if that happens. And I think that you could potentially see a maybe maybe a sell off. Now, an event that magically somehow on Wednesday we leave Wednesday and there's no rate hike, you know, a stock market more than likely probably with no rate hike on, on Wednesday, the market would probably run up at least two to three percent that day. You know, it, it'd definitely be excited about that and probably be happy at least for that day. Um, with all that being said, what in what ways am I looking to um play this thing? Right. I've kind of I've kind of sat on the sidelines for the most part. Um, it was good to see. I will say this. It was good to see the past couple of weeks that there was more volatility that was coming into the market. So you you were able to see some movement, which I thought was pretty good. Um, you are seeing certain stocks, you know, just to put those things out there. Um, and we've talked about these names on the show before. You know, you take a look at even a, a NVIDIA. Right. Um, hell, me and TR, we were in Dallas. Um, and I think that was like what January 20th, and the video was like yeah. 150, 160 bucks. The video stock is now 260. Um, so you just you just take a look at things like that, and that's why I like kind of continue to tell people is like, and I see Claire, she just put it perfect. Chaos equals opportunity, and that's pretty much as simple, you know, simple as it gets. Chaos equals opportunity. And when people are asking me, hey Lawrence, what's going on in the market right now? What's your take? What's this? What's that? I say, yo, all of this, you know, chaos is just market opportunity. And it's cool. You know, um, there's not many times that you're going to be able to get the opportunity to buy some of the best world class companies, you know, at an extreme discount. It's just bottom line. And I told people this months back. I said, yo, there's going to come a time you're going to look at NVIDIA and you're going to be like, man, it was at 110 and I didn't buy it. Now it's sitting here at 260, almost hitting 270. And, you know, I come back. And I'm looking at my DMs. I have 50, 60 DMs. And I probably could say at least 20 of them was probably asking about stocks like NVIDIA and Tesla. And it's like, this is the reality. When there's blood in the market, when there's blood in the market, there's a bunch of opportunity, just like in the labor market, right? A lot of people are talking about the layoffs, but there's still a bunch of opportunities. So like, it'd be easy for us to come on here and talk about, well, the bank fiasco, this, this, that. I want to talk about the opportunities that really are presenting themselves, because in my opinion, like, let's just be real. The bank, the banks are having issues right now, but pay attention to what's running. It's no secret that crypto has been running the past few weeks. Yo, pause. I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew it. I knew it. But it's true. It's true. I mean, there's always like, I, and I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you said that because there's always opportunity in something. I mean, it's really just common sense. If there's issues happening with the banks and people are losing confidence in the banks, where are they going to run to? They're going to run to crypto because that's a banking alternative to, to some people's opinions. You know, people want to debate that, whatever. That's the reality of what most people think. 
So when there's chaos in the banks, mm -hmm. people are going to run the crypto. So when people ask me, well, Lawrence, why did Bitcoin hit 28,000? Well, I just need not, like, have you not cut on the news or have you not paid attention to what's been happening? Everyone's, whether whether rightfully so or not, whatever, the, this fiasco has now dampened sentiment in the banking industry, right? And with this sentiment being dampened, what's happening is people have now went into crypto, things like Bitcoin, things like Ethereum, stores of value. So you see those things. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bitcoin at 35, 40,000. So, and you know, you could take a look, we could look at it even from a technical perspective as well, too. When Bitcoin hit 15, 16,000 mm -hmm. and it fell from 64, it fell from 64, all, I mean, 66, all the way down to 16. It's like, yo, you got to understand on that way down from 66 to 16,000, there was so much chaos and there was so much doubt and there was so much fear, right? Mm -hmm. So when it got finally to 16, there was so much doubt and fear that no one really wanted to touch it. But in reality, that's the best time to really buy any asset, any stock. It's usually the times where there's the most fear, the most uncertainty. That's usually going to be your best time to be able to buy, you know, the stocks that you want to buy. Like, I'll be honest with you. Those are usually your best times to, to buy. Um, and you've kind of, like I said, you've seen that consistently over and over again throughout history. So that's kind of like, you know, my mindset here right now is really just being, you know, patient, allowing the opportunities to come to you and really just sitting back. So, yeah. So listen, I, got, I have a question for you. So I want to know, like, do you think that like the rate that we're going right now in terms of this currency, do you think that the U.S. dollar will still hold weight or do you think we'll be like transferring to something else like gold? I'm just curious to pick your brain about this. Yeah, nah, I, I think um, great question. And I, and I know a lot of people probably had the same question. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that we'll never will never shift um, to like anything like gold, per se. Mm -hmm. um, if you do, if you do take a look at a lot of the documents um, that were in Congress uh, during the pandemic and even still now, you know, there's already been laws that have been written and certain things that have been, you know, kind of put together that have really already highlighted the ability for you to see a digital dollar come about. Right. Yeah. So all of that stuff is literally in the works. So do I think we're going to necessarily move away from the dollar? No, I just think that over the next few years, over the next decade, I think that you'll see a transition into a digital dollar. And you've already seen that now because most places that you go to, um, a lot of times they're only taking, you know, digital forms of payments. A lot of places don't do cash, right? Cashless you know, type, you know, uh, society. And I think that's where we pretty much maneuvered and shifted to throughout the pandemic. So I think that you'll just see a digital, um, digital dollar more so than anything. Um, you know, one thing to talk about as well on that point, you know, while people are concerned, that's where I think a lot of this, I guess you would say chaos issues are, you know, coming about is, is to make that transition because there's always like an agenda to every type of move. Right. So I won't say that I was necessarily like, I wasn't surprised that there was an issue. I guess it was like, yo, there was a gut feeling that was something that was telling me that something from the left was going to come in. Yeah. The grand scheme of things, if you really look at it, the stock market hasn't really wavered much, to be honest. Like the bank stocks have gotten hit, but the overall markets are pretty much in the same position. So this doesn't really change any of my my feelings long term about anything. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that you could tack on the board. 
And you could literally there's another this is another thing that you could tack on the board and say, well, there's an issue. Right. This is just another one of those issues that happens along the way. And it's part of being a long term investor that there's not always going to be something crystal clear for you kind of cut. There's a lot of times there's going to be these little issues. And that's just part of part of it. And I just look at this. Like, I think like six months from now, we won't be talking about none of this, in my opinion. I just don't think that six six months from now, this is going to be a big story. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. But I'm also curious to see like really like when this recession is going to hit too, because in terms of like research, I'm just seeing different timelines. So this will all be interesting to see how yeah. this pans out. Yeah, so you got this. So check this, right? So um, I think last time when we took a look at the unemployment numbers from um we got those like i think that was the week we the first week we took off yeah um, you know i think it it, it increased you know a, a little bit i think it went to like 3.6 percent yeah yeah it is um jerome powell he spoke about this you know um you know there was a there was a point where he had went before congress and they were having a conversation and essentially there was like hey you know are you going to uh you know, have it to where now you're going to see people, you know, eventually go ahead and about two to three million people eventually lose their jobs. Right. Because of what the Federal Reserve's actually on the line, you know, so that's one of the things that's, you know, been discussed and talked about. Um, I think that employment is super huge, especially when you're talking about anything, whenever you're talking about a recession or whatever you're talking about a contraction in any economy, employment matters the most because you have to be able to gauge and see, well, how many people are actually employed because right. you start thinking about the cost of living increases, inflation. Um, I think people have realized that inflation is a lot tougher to get rid of. And to be truth be told, um, even saying get rid of is kind of like even the wrong terminology because Let's be honest. When has inflation ever been gotten rid of? Like, just think about it. Like prices have always gone up over time forever, whether it was there's been certain periods where it's been drastic increases. Right. But there's also been certain uh, times where it's been a lot slower. So in the grand scheme of things, if you look since even the 1920s, I mean, take a look at the cost of bread in 1920 to what the cost of bread is today or the cost of eggs. So inflation never truly goes away. It just does have its moments where it, it it moves at a faster pace than others. So I think that's important to highlight as well, too. Yeah. yeah so that's. Yeah. Nah. So inflation. And, you know, that's that's where I think, you know, even for UTR, you know, when you're when you're having people negotiate their salary, that's an important thing as well, too, because, you know, people should be basing their negotiations off of, hey, you know, I can't I'm, I can't keep getting paid the same amount. And that's where I think you run into you run into issues where if people aren't getting proper pay increases, but the cost of living just keeps going up. It's like, yo, the second job don't even help at some point. No, you're right about that. And then also what's happening too with like a lot of these employees that want to streamline their processes. They're putting a lot of work on their employees. And so I feel like it's like a they're all, we're all on like a hamster wheel, right? And so what's going to happen is that when they get burned out, they probably will be leaving too. Like we also saw, I mean, I've had, I actually like, you know people like back in Maryland and stuff like that. They were telling me that for like some of their cousins, like unemployment, they were earning more off of that versus what they were actually getting paid. Like even, cause I actually like ran a study too. Like we're looking at 
like white women, right? Like white women, they make 70 cents off of a dollar. But as black women, we make 62, right? So even off that, I feel like it's a constant battle. So that's why it is important for you to negotiate because I think it gives you a, um, a stronger point playing field even when you start. Because it's going to matter when like those stock vests, it's going to matter when you go up for like performance reviews off of that percentage. Because even if you can start at a higher um, like salary, you'll go a lot further in terms of how much you can earn like, from that company. So yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of issues. And the great point that you mentioned there, because that's where I'm really looking at, because that's where I think there's a big bubble, right? There's a bubble between um, when you take a look at defaults on mortgages, there's a bubble, you're taking a look at car note defaults, like just a lot of different things, just kind of really hitting everything, like everything is really hitting at one time, which I think is like, that's where I'm, that's where the worrisome comes for me. Cause I'm like, you know, I take a look at all this data and everything happened at one time, one time, one time, everything kind of hitting the fan. It makes you wonder and it makes you think it's like, yo, you know, where are we, where are we heading to now? Right. That's what, it, that's what it really makes me wonder. Where are we going to? Because eventually there's going to be something that breaks up or something that breaks down. Eventually one side is going to give, right? Like how long can we continue to, before some before the Fed steps back in. And, and I think that's where, you know, I highlight in, the, in our title of our episode, the Federal Reserve's big dance. It's like, will the Federal Reserve, will they come in and bail out once again? And when I say bail out, you got to do more than just bail out the banks at this point, because now it's like, yo, people are starving. Yeah. People need a bailout. So now it's like, are you going to sit here through all of this that's been transpiring and happening and still raise interest rates? still make the cost of borrowing more expensive, still make those car notes more expensive, houses more expensive, goods and services more expensive. Are you going to do that? Because you're literally going to push the, the economy, like you said, it's already in a recession, but you're going to push it potentially into a depression. And I think that's where it's a lot of weary, uh, wearisome type yeah. of- I mean, it also doesn't help that this country's in a lot of debt. Like we are like 97%, so yeah. Yeah, just a lot of issues, you know. It's a lot going on in the United States. A lot of issues all happening at one time. Right. Mind, while there's still wars going on outside. Um, you know, yeah, it's while, very interesting. while this time are, are still, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. time is very interesting. That's what I can say. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. So yeah, I mean, and I think for for me, it's like, you know, people always ask me, so you know, what's my thoughts? It's just like, yo, pay attention to the trends, pay attention to the trends, like. I don't like even going back to the crypto point, it was really kind of like common sense to me to expect crypto to go up because, like I said, if people are losing confidence in the banks, right, if they're losing confidence in the banks, there's really only one place that they're more than likely going to run to. And that's going to be crypto. And so that's why you're going to see probably cryptocurrencies go up probably for the next, at least for the next few months, just off the strength that, you know, people right now have lost confidence in the banks. But this kind of brings back that discussion um, you know, for people that are, you know, really heavy into crypto and, you know, people are going to definitely, you know, push that on. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. <clears throat> I think as far as best practices right now, I think going into the federal reserve interest rate decision, I think it's really make or break. Um, once again, it's a make or break type moment for the market, but in the grand scheme of things, once again, the market is in the same position that it was in last federal reserve interest rate decision and the one before that 
So if you're, once again, as a long-term investor, throughout all this chaos, bank crises, um, Federal Reserve, you know, uncertainty, um, you know, layoffs, most stocks, most investments have still went nowhere, haven't really went up and haven't really went down. So there, it's like, it's going to get to the point where a lot of these little headlines are not going to matter. The layoffs, eventually, they're not going to matter. Um, the bank, SVP, all this stuff, Credit Suisse, all this, all this stuff, is, it's just not going to matter. It's going to be like the past, right? Like, I want you guys to think about all the headlines that since you've probably started investing or maybe paying attention to, you know, economics or the financial markets, whatever. Like, who talks it? Like, think about this. At one point, COVID was a big overhang on the stock market right? Oh man, is COVID going to be over? Oh man, what's up with the vaccines? When was the last time you heard about COVID? Seriously, now nah, I'm just asking, when was the last time you heard about COVID? Right, you're right. You haven't heard about it. Is the stock market fine? Is it still alive? Are stocks still moving? Mm -hmm. Is it still breathing? It's perfectly fine, right? You know, you had issues with January 6th and, and the president of the United States. You don't hear about that stuff anymore, right? You, you, uh, you know, you're all these different things, like eventually it's just not going to matter. Yeah. So that's kind of like really my thought process is just like, there's temporary, there's, there's a temporary opportunity to invest more in certain mm -hmm. areas that might be declining. Like, even for me, I'm going to say this, like, I don't see, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't see the, um, what's it called? I don't, I don't see the, um, the banks going anywhere. So right now, even when I'm seeing these bank stocks fall, it's like eventually these banks are going to come back up. Yeah. Like it's like it's just a like a lot of these banks are going to come back up like JP Morgan not going out of business. Goldman Sachs not going out of business. Bank of America not going under, you know, contrary to what people might believe. Right. Don't get it twisted. So why these stocks are falling, pay attention to what's yes, pay attention to what's going up. But that that's what can give you an edge. You see, everyone that's worried about talking about all the stuff has now missed the run, the little run that happened in crypto. Right. And it's always good to buy when everyone else is fearful. And you and I, and I think the most recent examples outside of the banking crisis was really Tesla and NVIDIA. I think those are two like crystal cut. Because like Tesla was a good one because it was actually going through a, a it wasn't going through a huge crisis, but it was going through like a mini crisis. And that mini crisis was this cars were expensive. They had to slash prices. And at the time, people didn't understand people like, hey, what is this man slashing prices of cars 10, 20 percent for? It didn't make sense when he first did it to, to, to regular everyday people who are just thinking small minded. But in the grand scheme of things, it was a smart choice. Why? Because if you know that, you know, people are kind of, you know, hurting right now, you know, they ain't got the same money they had before, but you still want to make your product available to people. It would be smart of you to slash prices, right? Because you know that, hey, we slash some prices. Yeah, we might be taking a little bit of cut on the prices, um, you know, on these price cuts. But at the end of the day, you can move inventory a lot faster and a lot more efficiently the way you want it to. Um, you take a look, you know, so you take a look at that, all that turmoil, whether he was selling a stock to go buy Twitter. Notice you don't hear about none of that no more. When was the last time they said, hey, why did Elon buy Twitter? You don't hear about none of that. That's why we say it's like all any headline is really just temporary, temporary. Remember, Coinbase was supposed to go out of business. Last time I think I looked, Coinbase is up 100% from the lows. Well, Coinbase was supposed to go out of business. That's why I'm, not, I'm just getting people to see these different trends. 
So the moment that you think, you know, that something is, you know, dead or done, I want you to really just sit back and just allow yourself for a second to really look and say, man, I'm going to hold off on just, you know, running those narratives and saying, man, this is this is dead. This is done. Like, just be a little bit more patient with yourself. You know, I think that's super, super huge. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's one thing that I definitely wanted to say and highlight. Okay, that's so. great. But well, that's why you say patient pays. Yeah. Now, now so listen, so because so even like for me, I'm still learning about the stock market. That's why I really appreciate like to really be on this show. So what would constitute the stock market to crash? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, the only thing that could make the stock market crash from here would be none of these current headlines. Okay. Right? What makes the stock market crash, right, per se, is when it gets hit by an unexpected event, like left field. Like it, it needs to take, in order for the market to really drop 10, 20% from here, or even fall 50% from here, you need something from like the left field to happen, where it's like something that's... Like, for example, let's say like something left field would be like China declaring war on the U.S., right? Some, that would be something that, OK, people people be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you'll probably see the market down 10 percent after hours because people be like, whoa, what's going on? Because it, of a fear, like in order for the market to crash, people have to really be afraid because the market crashing is really an emotional thing more so than anything. It's, 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 it's people wanting to take their money out of certain companies, certain equity, mm -hmm. because they're fear. Like if you take a look at COVID, why did the market crash during, even though it was brief, well, people right. are like, yo, a virus, Chinese virus, like all to think about it. You had a president saying it was a Chinese. So people are internalizing all of this and saying, mm -hmm. what? I was supposed to retire. Oh man, pull, t take my money out. You got billionaires saying, hold on, hold on, virus, pull, uh, pull this thing out. So it's like, yo, that's what causes a crash. It's just like, and, and great question that you asked, it's the same thing that's happening with these banks, right? I was just about to say that because it's, like the founders, the, um, the venture capitalists, they're all removing funds. And that's why, like, well, that was part of the reason why it crashed. Like exactly. for real. So yeah, that's definitely parallel to that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. I'm glad you said that. So that's the reason why, you know, like if you take a look at the banks, like it's the same process, right? People lose confidence in the banks, yep. right? They lose belief in the banks. And what do they do? They take their yep. money. They take their money out of the bank. That's literally what happens. They yep. literally take their money out of the bank. So, you know, that's, you know, that's one thing that I, I personally would say is like, yeah. You know, that I'm looking at it. I'm paying attention to, you know, people, you know, people are going to take people take their money out of, you know, the banks. Uh, it's the same type process as gotcha. you know, when people take their money out the market and, and the market crash. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like a like a liquidity crisis, basically. Liquidity so, price, yep. yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Because even like when everything was going on with Silicon Valley Bank, I'm like, y'all lost 80 percent of y'all value in 24 hours. Exactly. Like, and even think about this, like they, I know that, you know, you know, like from like insurance, they said they were able to claim up to 250,000. Okay. What is that like? Maybe two salaries for someone that's in a couple of years of their career. That's nothing compared to the billions of dollars that are in there. So it's, oh my gosh. I, I actually know that some of my clients came to me and they said that, yeah, I was, I was affected by this. I had 20 clients that came to me and I'm like, we're going to figure it out. Y'all, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. And it's tough to, it's really tough to get yes. those get those phone calls i can imagine yeah <laughs> yes 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 but all i can say is like god is good he's opening up doors but 
you still got to put in more work, like, so to speak. It's like, we can't pray for an A doing C-level work. So that's why I would say for everyone that, you know, could be looking for a job, you should always have a backup plan to the backup plan. Yeah. Because after I left LinkedIn, they had three layoffs. I could have been affected by any of those, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I know that it, even though I know like I went full time with my business, I had connections at Google, Microsoft and Salesforce. So I was going to be straight. Yeah. I had to make sure I had to create my own contingency plan. So I want everyone to do that, too, even for like your stocks as well. What is your backup plan to that? Yeah, like, obviously. Right. So like what else do you have to fall back on? So, yeah. Yeah. Nah. And I mean, just you said it perfectly, like the what's what's the overall plan? What's your overall goal for what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish? And I think here right now, um, you know, the name of the game is really just accumulation because you're being given time. Right. Like the market is not going anywhere. And I think this is the point that I've kind of like really been hammering home is like I don't really expect the market to go anywhere, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Or, mm, I would say for the rest of the, I would say at least. I don't expect the market to do, go anywhere at least until 2025. I'll be I'll be really honest with you. At least till so I'm looking at a year like this year where the market will probably be flat like pretty much all year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you take a look even going into next year. And the reason why I'm saying 2025 is because that's potentially where um, you could see a new regime take over um, from a presidency standpoint. Right. And I just think there's a lot of different issues that the that the world has to get through right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think as the world gets through those issues, which I think will be seamless, um, there, there'll be some hiccups. But, you know, time goes on and time will tell all. But I think that the way that the world will get to, you know, by 2025, I think that's really you're seeing the uh, like the little things being put in from an automation standpoint right now. But I think that the world will start to be on autopilot by no later than 2026, 2027. I think the world will be uh, completely different than what you're even looking at now. And then I think by 2030, 2035, the world will be completely automated by then. All right, listen, listen, listen. We got to remember that you said that because we're going to check it years from now, okay? And we're going to we're going to basically examine like what you said was true, okay? So we got to do that. Sure. Yeah, now automation. Automation is where for sure. That's, yeah. where, that's where the biggest investments are being are are are, are happening right now. Automation yeah. from uh whether it's, you know, AI technology standpoint, mm-hmm. everything. Businesses are automating um yep. so which is why they're laying people off, you know, in the first place because they're like, "Hey, you know, we're going in a different direction." than you know what we thought right right so businesses are just thinking differently thinking kind of like more just in the future like businesses are are, are looking to set themselves up for you know success. not just yeah, yeah success like just bottom line they're just looking to set themselves up for success so, yeah, yeah i mean you're right about that so you have like companies like amazon meta for instance i mean they're having a lot of layoffs and, and, and i remember in the past they were looking for like the type of talent for like people that really had niche skills but now they're looking for talent in terms of like overall, like how much can you bring to the table, right? So like, yeah. how do you know like Tableau, Jira, Python, um, SQL, things like that. So you're right. Yeah. It's all about scaling right now. And actually, so what we can do is, um, Lawrence, let's get into this job market report, okay? So mm-hmm. what I want to share with you all is that it's looking a little bit more positive than last month. I can say so literally also since January, um, the United States, we added in $10.8 million jobs. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, openings, 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 openings. Now, in terms of February, because I ran the numbers, there were 311,000 new jobs that were um, that were added. Okay. Um, in terms of this vacancy. So the top actually came from hospitality and leisure. So they added 105,000. Okay. 
Next, you're going to have education and healthcare. They added 74,000 to the mix. After that, there's retail at 50,000. Mm-hmm. And then the government, first of all, we got to definitely do a show on that. The government actually added 46,000, okay? So this is definitely prime time for you all to join. As well as construction, um, they actually added in 24,000. So as of right now, and also what Lawrence mentioned, that the unemployment rate did increase by two points. So we're at 3.6%. And something else that I want to share with you. So I um, I, I did some reading on PwC's Pulse survey. So this is like a survey that's... um, that they basically connect with chief HR officers and they're basically sharing in terms of like, what are their intentions for the next 12 to 18 months? So as of right now, like what we said, literally what Lawrence just said, automating processes, that is the name of their game right now, okay? So they're gonna get it several ways. So they plan on doing some type of shrinking of their workforce, but what they're prioritizing are early retirement, they're also looking at, I mean, you know, companies right now like Apple having hiring freezes. They are also um, also like gauging performance. So I mean, if you have your performance reviews, you guys got to make sure you guys are hitting all of your numbers, all of your goals, because they're looking at that now as well. OK, so mm-hmm. like basically doing early retirement and performance evaluations are the main ways in terms of how they're cutting employees right now. Uh, and then also, they're also not replacing employees that are leaving. So remember how we mentioned employees could be getting burnt out. They're not replacing it. They're just looking to basically reallocate their own current resources. Now, what's also interesting is that it's just crazy, right? We went from having like the great resignation to the great like balancing, I guess, like situation of where we're at right now. So as of right now, these um, chief HR officers, they they expect 47% of their workers to be in person four to five times a week now, okay? So they mm-hmm. really are trying to push, I mean, barely hybrid basically right now. Because if you think about it, right, during COVID, there were a lot of buildings. There were a lot of buildings um, that they got that they bought and they want to fill it up, which I get it. They, they can't get out of these mortgages right now. So it, make, it makes sense. Um, now, in terms of tech, I will say this. Um, and then also, too, when we, when we ran those numbers earlier, that's specifically for the tech industry, okay, in terms of layoffs. So 115,000, I repeat that. They People have been laid off since January 1st, okay? I need y'all to understand how just real this is getting. Last year, we only had 140,000. So do you understand? We're almost at last year's number. Mm. I'm pretty sure probably by next month we'll be there because bank is about to take a hit. So it's the entertainment industry with layoffs that are um, that are up and coming. Now, something that I want to share with you all is called the WARN Act. So the WARN Act stands for a Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act. So this is a great way for you all to get ahead of layoffs to see. So, so what it means is that companies that have over 100 employees, they have to give a 60-day notice that they're in terms of them having mass layoffs. So this is just a great way for you to notice. And then what's great is all you have to do is just type in Warren Act State, and then you'll see it. So I did it for Texas. In Texas, as of January 1st, they're at over like 6,800, um, like basically like layoffs. So that would be like a great way. And it also, so it basically shows the companies. It shows the day that all this is happening as well. So this would be a great way for you to get ahead of it. So I run Georgia's numbers actually right now. And I'll tell you guys like what that is. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely like important for you all to stay ahead while you can. Okay. So that's why I want you guys to get connected with these staffing firms get never i mean it's never too late really for you to start networking either okay network with these hiring managers get those certifications because now is the time because i don't want that to happen like with all those companies in silicon valley bank 
That's over 1,500 employers. That's a lot of people. A lot of those 1,500 employers okay. over like 300 employees, thousands of jobs, okay? The life yeah. is limbo right now until Wednesday. So yeah, as of this labor market, uh, I would say, please get ahead. And something that I really want to stress on is just really an importance of just thinking about going to the federal side with the federal government. It's very mm -hmm. stable. Government contracts are very expensive, especially you guys could do definitely multiple ones as long as it's not a conflict of interest. But it has its own separate process of what you what, we, what you can do. So we can definitely do a show on that, Lawrence. Because yeah, I had a lot of times. People have been asking for the plug on them government jobs. People oh, yo, I'm literally about to do a reel tomorrow or like Wednesday, whatever I'm dropping it, but I'll give you all a little sneak peek. So in terms of the federal government, well, one, I would say make sure that you create an account with usajobs.gov. That's like half the battle right there. Right. And, and what's also important is that for you to really understand like how their pay scale works. So they call it um, like, a, like a GS scale. So it ranges from GS1 to GS15. But a lot of times where people trip up, Lawrence, is that they're not applying for the right rules, okay, at the right level. Because you have sometimes people that could be like in management, they think they qualify for like a GS13, 14, but really they should be at a GS9 technically in terms of experience. So it's important. And another hack that I want to share with you all is, so if you ever see these little clocks, it's like red and yellow. What that means is that that job is only open for one to three weeks. So that's the best time for you to get ahead of it. Because many times you see the federal government, y'all, these jobs can be open from like four to 12 months, okay? It takes yeah. forever. So I've had clients that experience that and they wind up getting callbacks a month later, mm -hmm. which is pretty quick for the federal government. Um, yeah. And then like- It usually takes like what, three months? Sometimes even six? Yes, oh my gosh, yes. The whole process. We're at like total speed, really, in terms of the federal government. Yeah. Um, oh, and then something else that's also important to note. So with the federal government, you have to fill out a form. It's called like a KSA, like a knowledge skills like type of thing. But it's a great way for you to elaborate more about your experience. But with the survey, you should always select expert. That's how you bypass their bots, okay? You didn't hear that from me, but I'm just letting you know how you bypass that is always to select expert because you automatically get declined when you don't. But that's what I'll share a little bit, but I'll share more when we, when we speak about that. I'm going to give you a few nuggets, but yes. Nah, she's she dropping gems. So so what's, repeat that website one more time for those that may have missed yeah. it. So yeah, so it's called usajobs.gov. So that's where you can see all those federal agencies. And whether you're looking for state jobs, federal jobs, you need to have a federal resume, okay? Mm -hmm. And with federal resumes, y'all can elaborate to the cows come home, like whatever, like that's where you can get really like into detail. But what really makes you stand out is also like, like taking like trainings, workshops, mm -hmm. getting certifications that helps you. It really goes a long way on a federal resume. Right. Yeah, yes. nah, because I'm glad you said that because it's like, you know, I think like we, we've highlighted this before, like we went through like that great resignation period where yeah. kind of like everyone was like, yo, you know, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, I'm resigned. And, um, you know, we ended up getting to the point where it's like now we're out of that period. But, you know, the real reality is that, you know, people people need their jobs. Like that's 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 the real that's the real reality is like, yo, people need their jobs. People, You know, people want you know, people want some people want their old job back. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the deficits that we've seen, like inflation is like super high, like yes. super super high still and you know for me it's like you know what ways can we allow ourselves and put ourselves in positions to really benefit and i look at it and say yo 
right now go out there like there's companies right now that are looking for people right maybe there's maybe there's some skill sets that you can acquire that can put you in the right room right position right there's a lot of um even when you think about um cybersecurity mm-hmm. right that's the one that just keeps ringing in my ears cyber's um, huge you know even when i'm just waking up reading early in the morning you know just seeing the different things that are opening up in the cybersecurity space and it's needed when we to start thinking about digital. Like when these crises happen, I know people, well, there it's true. There's jobs that are lost when there's crises that happen like this. But there's also jobs that become open. And that's where I'm kind of like trying to push. Like there's going to be security jobs that open up because of the certain things that happen. Right. There's going to be new analyst positions that are going to be happening. Like when I go out in the real world, I'll be honest with you. I don't see a lack of companies hiring. What I see, I, what I see is, I think there's a there's a lack of ambition from people to go after those positions. But part of it is, and it goes back to the high cost of living, because people are going to sit back and calculate and say, "Well, I'm only go- I'm going to get paid X amount here, but it costs this much to live in in the, in this city where it's super high, where the cost of you know cost of living in that city is super high." So you got to factor like all of those different things into to your mind. And that's kind of where really really where I'm at with it is like, yo, you know, super, super duper unfortunate, but it's the reality. So yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, so heading into um now, I mean, we're pretty much done with Q1 now. It's crazy. Q1 right. flew by. So we're at pretty much at the end of March here now. Uh, you know, you're gonna be tapping into Q2. Uh, I think it's you know, it's fair to uh start, you know, giving some I'm gonna I'm gonna start giving some early predictions. Um, I think I did a few in uh, Q4 of last year, giving us, uh, leading us here into, you know, Q1. I'll be honest with you. Um, the market hasn't really done anything. So, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much at the same point that we was at before, right? We're pretty much at the exact same point. So, I mean, just continue to accumulate has been my number one thing. I said it in Q4 and I'll, you know, I'll say, I'll say it again, continue to accumulate. If you put your if you continue to accumulate and continue to put yourself in position, you're going to win. Bottom line. You know, that's my that's that's the reality. How I look at it. So I just tell people, it's like, yo, continue to accumulate. Um, Do the little things when people don't want to do those little things, because that's what's going to put you in a in in a situation that you want to be in. Right. Do the little things and everything else will take care of itself. And that's kind of really the reality here right now. So. Um, yeah, that's one of the number one things that I would say. Um, anything that you want to add on that you kind of you would say? Yeah. So what I would say is, although, I mean, you are seeing a lot of layoffs, I still see some peaks in terms of where people getting higher for the unemployment rate right. um, to go down. So I'm, I am excited for that. I'm praying for this as well. I am. Um, and the one thing that I will say is don't forget those, those top markets, what we said at the top of the year. OK, so we said renewable energy, artificial intelligence. Oh. We also said healthcare, education, consultant. These are like the best times if you want to get something where it's safe, definitely the federal government. First of all, the benefits are amazing. I just want to say that majority of my family works for the federal government that are um, on my D.C. side, Lawrence. So, yeah, I know a lot about those, uh, just about that process. But, yeah, um, I would say, like, definitely um, get ahead but start networking now. That's what I was. I can't stress it enough. Like just really using like these staffing firms is going to get you ahead because they already have partnerships with these companies that you want to work at. Mm-hmm. You already have a leg up unless you get a referral. 
at these companies. So I would say, yeah. And again, always have a backup plan to your backup plan. So, yes. Yeah, nah, perfect, 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 perfect. So, um, you know, I want to move in before we close out tonight's show to talk about the Federal Reserve pretty much Wednesday. Um, like, guys, they're going to they're going to potentially they're going to potentially not raise interest rates. How crazy is that? Who would have thought? Um, but it's really it's really two narratives that really is going to happen on Wednesday. It's really only two things. Either Federal Reserve is going to stick to schedule and they're going to raise interest rates and the market probably won't be happy about it. Or they're going to come in and, quote unquote, bail the market out. Right. And the reality of that is like my opinion is uh, I think they're going to end up I think they're going to end up bailing the market out. I think that they're going to end up not raising interest rates. Um, I think they're going to end up keeping interest rates the same on Wednesday. And I think that the market will go up at least one to two percent, if not three percent, if that happens. Um, there's like the Federal Reserve Fund futures are already pricing that in. So I would keep that there. Um, I think that's really where it's at, man. I'll be honest with you. I think that's where it's at. Like, I don't think that they're going to raise interest rates. And I think that they're going to keep interest rates the same. And I think the market will rally off of that. What does that do for the next meetings that happen in May and June after this? And what does that mean for earnings season? I, I think now the Federal Reserve is kind of, it, 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 the Federal Reserve is already losing credibility, but now it is. And now it's losing credibility more because it's like, I think the media makes, well, I will say media. Well, yeah, I will say media. I think the media pressures a lot of these decisions, but I think we live in a world today where the media can pressure things that happen, right? The narrative that's written eventually puts people in certain high positions of high power. It makes them responsible to, to answer to, to those things, right? So I think it's incredibly difficult. I'll be honest with you. I think it's incredibly difficult, um, you know, to for that to for for that to kind of happen. I think it's incredibly difficult uh, position that the Federal Reserve is kind of in now. Because now it's like you got to answer to not just investors, not just the White House. You got to answer to the media. It's just tough, man. It's just tough because they run with these narratives. Like even even with the narrative that Jerome Powell is a bad guy, right? That narrative is ran with, you know, um, you know, kind of like because you're because like even like he was asked a question. What was that? Um, oh, yeah. he OK, so he was asked a question when he was sitting with Congress. Mm -hmm. He was asked the question about two million people losing their job. It's like, I mean, how are you going to ask someone that question and expect them to give an answer that you're going to like? Like, there's no way that you can answer that question, no matter how you butter it up, how you want to say it. There's really no way to answer that question and really get a positive reaction. Like if someone asked me a question is like, how do you plan to deal with two million people potentially losing their job? I could be compassionate as whatever, but it's going to be difficult for people to really internalize 2 million people losing their job. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. So yeah. Yeah. So definitely a lot to process. So I know you're getting a lot of phone calls, probably, you know, people, you know, like, yo, you know, I'm trying to, you know, level up right now, you know, just, I think right now people just need to be patient, man. Just be patient. Opportunities is here, man. All over this market. When you come back to this market, you're going to take a look at a lot of these companies be like, man, I remember where they was just trading sideways for a long period of time. Like, I'll be real with you. I do not see no fear in this market. I really don't see. I see a lot of fear in the media that's trying to be put upon. But 
I don't see a lot of fear in the overall markets, to be honest with you. I really don't see a lot of fear. Like, I don't think a lot of people are really fearful. I think a lot of people are nervous, I would say. Um, but I don't think that people are necessarily super fearful. And that's just kind of where, and you see that even by price action. You see that even through the way that the stock market is still in the same place. People are just waiting, I think, more so for the dust to kind of settle and clear before coming back into the market, more so than wanting to leave. So what we see with the banks, to Tiara's point, a great question that you asked, what would it take for the stock market to crash? It would take people um, becoming so uncertain, right? It would take people becoming so uncertain in what's happening in the market right now to then pull all of their money out. Well, maybe not all, but large mm -hmm. sums of money out. That's how crashes or what you want to call bank defaults, that's how that happens. So when everyone became super uncertain with what was happening with Silicon Valley Bank and people started taking money out, yeah. that's what caused, you know what I'm saying? That's really what caused the market. To, I mean, not the, not the market, but Excel, yeah. that's what really caused, you know, the bank to really pull back, you know, those banks to really pull back and, you know, crash 60, 70, 80 percent of the day. And then the withdrawals that came in and happened. And that's what it takes. So it's going to take something from left field. Um, and it, you know, that's the reality here. So a lot, a lot on the line Wednesday. Tap back in with us next week on Monday. We'll be breaking down, you know, what's getting ready to happen here on Wednesday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking a lot about it. Uh, Federal Reserve, man, and you heard it here first. So pretty much the game plan, man. If the Fed does not raise interest rates, expect the market to go up at least 2 to 3%. So get ready. If they somehow do raise interest rates, I don't think the market will like that too much at all. So that's, you know, that's the reality for me. Uh, super appreciative of y'all tapping in. Uh, Tiara, always good to have the yes. on. So you the first episode back, man. Yeah. And congratulations to you. You had a major life moment that happened. Congratulations. For sure. And I appreciate all the love, man. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys. Like I'll, I'll be, I'll be real with you. Um, really had a good time with uh, seeing some of you guys in person. Some of you guys yeah. were invited to the wedding. So definitely had a great time with you guys there. Uh, you know, super appreciative of you guys, you know, coming to the wedding to our definitely, you know, really had a great time. You being there. So shout out to everyone that really came through and, you know, showed up at the wedding. Um, super appreciative of that, man. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're happy for you. And y'all, I actually caught the bouquet. I did not want to catch that bouquet. I was like, what was this? What happened? Like, yeah. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But congratulations again. Sure. Nah, thank you. I think it cost you a nail catching the bouquet. <laughs> y'all, I lost half my nail, bro. Oh, catch that bouquet. Yeah, nah, but nah, it was it was definitely worth it. So what I, you know, it's crazy. I don't even know what you know. It's like this was my first wedding. So yes. fill me in. With catching the bouquet, what does that mean? I'm lost. <laughs> like, like basically, it's like I'll be like, like next in terms of like getting engaged and stuff like that. So my dad was very excited that I caught this bouquet. <laughs> So you caught okay okay so that means you're next you're next in line okay we heard it here first you heard it here first on first, no, first gotta, let's cut that out let's cut that part out let's cut that out cut it out <laughs> i bet but nah man uh nah super super appreciative man much love to y'all i'll see you guys soon man and uh this is another episode of monday night take shout out to uncle charles we see you man shout out to unc man uh, shout, shout out to Stacy too. Shout out to her. Shout out to Claire. Yep. I see you all. All right, y'all. Peace. Till next time. All right. Have a productive week.